Welcome to the Questions of Life podcast. As always, I'm Kath. I'm joined here by Donald. Hello. In our session today, we are exploring the fourth commandment about keeping the Sabbath. Enjoy our conversation. And we're carrying on our series looking at the Ten Commandments. Now, we're up to commandment number four. Number four. Number four. We're making slow progress, but we're getting there. We're trying to uh, bring a bit of life to them. And we're trying to um, dispel this myth that they're all about rules and regulations and what you can't do. But actually, they bring life. They give a framework for life that helps us to live life to the full. And so we're working our way bit by bit through them. We're on to number four this evening, which is all about work, rest and play. There was that advert, wasn't there, uh, in the 80s, do you remember it? Uh, a Mars a day helps you work, rest and play. Oh, okay. So that would be my answer to the question about enough rest and everything else. Have a Mars bar. But uh, you'll remember the very first session we looked at a YouGov poll. And the YouGov poll asked people the question, which of the Ten Commandments do you still think are relevant today? And they said six of them were. So we had the things like murder and lying and theft. But there were four that they said didn't see any need for. The one at the very bottom surprised us both. And it was this commandment here, the fourth commandment. Now I'm going to read it. And uh, as always, we're reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. Uh, and we're going to start at verse 8. And it says this, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now this talks a lot about Sabbath. It uses that word quite a lot. And I wonder whether it's not the principle of resting that put people off and why they think it's irrelevant. I wonder whether it's that word Sabbath. And people have this kind of connection with oh, it being all about church and going to church and services and being dull and boring. Just start off. What does the word Sabbath mean? Well, you were telling me earlier, because I wasn't so sure, it's, it's, it's the root of the word rest. So yep. it's a way of saying rest. And it became known as that day of the week. I think one of the problems that has occurred is that the sort of more legalistic elements of religion and Christianity in particular kind of restricted everything that you could do on a Sunday and made it very prescribed um, and, and, and declared a whole load of things that are actually quite enjoyable as things you shouldn't do. So as people have moved away from that kind of very legalistic Christianity, they mm -hmm. would say, well, the Sabbath is a concept connected with an austerity and a negativity. So there are Christians, older Christians who may be watching this, who were told that they couldn't go to the cinema, they couldn't watch sport, they couldn't play sport, they couldn't um, watch television, they couldn't uh, wear makeup. I know some that couldn't knit and they weren't knit. allowed to sew either. Wow, wow. So all of that kind of legacy in folks who are probably 60 plus slightly influences our generation so we think it was a negative thing. And all that was a corruption of what this commandment is about. 
What is this commandment about then, if it's not about those things? I think fundamentally this commandment is about ensuring that there's a rhythm to the week that involves hard work and then a time to be restored and a time to reflect. It's very interesting that this is the longest commandment mm -hmm. in the sense that it gives a whole load of stipulations which are kind of emphasizing. It says, um, you shall not work neither you nor your son or your daughter, your male or your female, seven your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. That's very interesting. Yeah. It's spelling out, there's no loopholes here. Mm -hmm. Now that was quite radical at the time because they wouldn't have expected slaves to have a day free from being a slave. And so it's very interesting. And even animals are to be given this mm -hmm. time. So it's really saying that there is a rhythm to the way human beings work, that we need a day in the week that's different, that's refreshing, that's restorative, that rebuilds, that replenishes, that is not about stress, it's not about anxiety, and it's not about hard work. And that that is a command from God to rest. And I think there are two elements. To that. One is it's about our physical health, and our ability to endure and to keep going and to do things uh, for a longer period of time. But it's also about having the mental space to engage with God mm. and to feel that there is a sense of peace and that we can listen to God and that we can sense God and that we can know God. Mm. So it's those two elements combined together. Pre the COVID pandemic, I think as a nation and as the Western world, we had lost the ability to rest. I think life was incredibly fast-paced. Things were, were getting beyond what was healthy and reasonable. People mm -hmm. were working longer hours. They were trying to fit more into their diary. Very, very busy, busy people. And I think we didn't know how to rest at times we didn't want to rest because we would feel guilty mm. if we rested. But mm. it's not something that comes easily, I think, to the Western world and to the Western psyche. There's always this sense of, I should be doing. Mm. How do we begin to get our head around and, and, and change the way that we look at this and think, actually, this is an enabling and an equipping thing that actually we can enjoy that time that we have out but it sets us up for the rest of our lives as well. Mm. How can we begin to get our heads around that? I think it's important to, to understand for each of us as individuals that we're, we're, we're wired in different ways, but what is it that is restful? What is it that is restorative? What is it that makes us feel refreshed, that makes us feel invigorated, that makes us feel um, re-energized to do other things? Mm -hmm. That will be different for different people. So part of it is learning that understanding of ourselves. So the Sabbath is not about doing nothing. Yeah. It's about doing things that rebuild. So one of the other things, it talks about um, uh, the land having a Sabbath. It talks about, you know, you, we give a field, a fallow year every now and then, where we just let it refresh and rebuild. So I think... It's, it's saying that, that there, there will be things that we don't do one day a week because they drain us, mm. because they're, they're emotionally draining for us. 
and giving ourselves permission to switch off from those things for, for 24 hours, whether it's from 6 o'clock till 6 o'clock or from midnight to midnight or from dawn till dawn, whatever it is, a 24-hour period is helpful to do. It's that key word, giving yourself permission, yeah. isn't it? That's what we struggle with. Yeah. Because often we think, am I being lazy? Should I be doing this, that, or the other? What will other people think of me? Just that, that whole mindset. Mm. And it's about giving yourself a break and realising this is for my benefits, for the benefit of my family and those around me. Mm. Now, some of those things that, that give us life, at the moment, it might be quite difficult to uh, build into our lives. What can we do in spite of that? So what are some of the things that, that I don't know? So for me, what gives me life is meeting up with some friends, going out for a meal, doing lots of different things. I'm stuck in the house. The only people I get to see out is you, great as that is. We don't on see a Wednesday each other on the <coughs> Oh, you mean... Oh, just okay. just, just in, in normal yes. everyday life. Yeah. You, Deb and Dan, and, and yeah. a few others are the only people that I get to see, which is just lovely and blesses, blesses my life. But in these times, it's yeah. difficult to think about Sabbath because it's difficult either to have a Sabbath or to make a day that is different mm. because people are locked down, there's very little they can do. What would you say to somebody, and I know this is true for quite a lot of people, particularly those in the healthcare, what would you say to them when they would turn around and say, I'm not able to regularly have time out? My job is so busy, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Does that make me a bad person? Does that make me a bad Christian? Should I be putting my foot down at work and saying, I'm a Christian, I've got to have my Sabbath and have a day off? And does that Sabbath have to be a Sunday? Well, that's the easier bit to answer that second part. Uh, a, the Sabbath was originally a Saturday. Yep. The, in, the, in the Jewish understanding, the Christians wanted were kind of forced by persecution to make it a different day. And they took it as the day that Jesus rose from the dead, so they took it as a Sunday. Um, I don't think it matters what day it is. I don't think it... I think it's helpful if it's regularly the same day of the week, but sometimes that isn't possible. I don't think we want to be beating ourselves up. Mm -hmm. I think if you're responsible for employment and you're in any way inf working at other people's shifts or in any way employing people, they should not work more than six days on the, on the trot. I really think that's damaging for their productivity in the long term. Um, if we're in a position where our job is requiring us to do seven straight days, I think that's very difficult. I think we've got to weigh up the necessity of that either to the, the work that we're in. Obviously, in the NHS at this moment, that may be something that's required in a crisis. I don't think it's sustainable. So I would want to be, and I would think, you know, most reputable employers would say that's not healthy for people. Um, I think that uh, I'm a big believer in uh, storing it up, if you like, and, and saying, okay, I haven't been able to do seven days so then I can take two days later or I'll do something you know it kind of keeping a record of it and making sure that we try and rebuild something later um, I think that most of us have 
three elements to our lives. I say most, I guess if we're retired, we're in a completely different context, but we have our job, then we have our responsibilities, washing up, gardening, fixing things, and then we have our restorative, our leisure. Now, for some people, leisure coincides with some of their responsibilities, so they enjoy um, gardening, or they, I don't. They enjoy <laughs> DIY, I don't. Um, but I think it's, it's, so let's go back to this thing of, what is it that restores me? What is it that I need to do? And what is it that I'm required to do? And to try and have those in some sort of balance of, of five, one, one. So maybe I work five days and I have a day where I do the, the things that need doing and aren't necessarily fun. And I try to work it so that that gives me a day that's restorative. Um, and the restorative areas are often in, in, in terms of community, relationships. So what can we do that in, give us good time with other people? If we can't go for a meal, can we go for a walk? Uh, can we FaceTime? Whatever that kind of area, if that's part of our restorative stuff. For some of us, our restorative area is in the, in the, the area of creativity. So our, whether it's cooking or gardening or DIY or making Meccano, which is what I've got into <laughs> lat latterly. You know, this is something we can do that's with us, our hands, that's res mm. restorative. There's another whole area of exercise. Mm. So some people find exercise, sport, running, walking, uh, gym, or whatever it is, that's restorative. So that might be the thing. But for others of us, that isn't. So mm. it's not about copying other people. It's just saying, well, that, that's my thing. For some people, it's about learning and it's about reading or watching films or listening to music or, or just feeding our knowledge, if you like. So those are kind of ballparks to look in and try and work out. And I think that I didn't know what restored me for many years. And I tried to copy other people. I mm -hmm. thought, oh, well, they enjoy doing that. I must do that. Mm -hmm. And it's taken me a little while to really understand this is what restores me. And if I do this mm. regularly, consistently, I will benefit. I will be calmer. I will have more energy for other things. And I'll be in a better place. Where does faith and Christianity and church and all those things come into the Sabbath? Do they have to? Or can it exist without them? I think it depends on uh, where we are in relation to church. So for, I hope, for lots of people, coming to church is free from pressure. Mm -hmm. It's restorative. I hope our live streams are restorative. I hope they lift us and make us feel better. Mm -hmm. That's what we're intending to do. Mm. To do that, for some of us, it's quite hard work and it's quite stressful. <laughs> So for those of us for whom it's a point of serving other people, it probably isn't our Sabbath, mm. and we need to try and, and fit that in somewhere else, mm. simply because it's nerve-wracking. So if you're working with, say, when we get back to church life normally, if you're working with children, if you just love working with children, and that's brilliant, then that's restorative. If actually there's a particular kid that's a... a 
a pain and you, oh, that's been hard work today, then I would say, well, then I need to find something that rebuilds that which I've lost. One of the most helpful things that I learned uh, was from a Christian leader who talked about us having three fuel tanks. Mm -hmm. And he said, you need to know what has emptied each fuel tank and you need to know what refills that fuel tank. Mm -hmm. So his, the three fuel tanks that he talked about were the spiritual, the emotional, and the physical. Yep. So he would say, uh, and I've taken this on board and practiced this for a number of years. Okay, I need to recognize what is physically draining. I've been up late. Uh, I've, I've done something that was a long day. It's physically draining. Okay, I'm going to make sure that I don't get up early tomorrow morning. I'm going to allow myself to have a nap in the afternoon. I'm going to allow myself to physically restore. Okay? I think the next area is the spiritual, where perhaps I've been giving out a lot. I need to make sure there's a place where I'm fed and I receive. Um, and then the third one is the emotional, which is, is, is perhaps harder, easier to overlook, which is where something is draining for me emotionally. That's where I need to feed in the things that restore me emotionally. And that's the bit that it took me a long time to work out what it is. So for me, it's very much walking. It's listening to podcasts that, that I enjoy. It's being with my dog. It's being on the coast. It's watching football. Um, it's listening to music. It's sorting my music out and putting different playlists together and discovering new music. I love discovering new music and listening to stuff I haven't listened to before. Um, so all of those things are restorative. And I try to have some of that every day. Uh, I always go for a walk every day. And, some, and then a big section of that for me, from 6 o'clock Saturday through to uh, about half past 10 at the end, sorry, about half past 11, the end of match of the day, then I have to start really thinking about the following day. Now, the last few months have meant a slight variation on that, which you, we can talk about, but essentially I don't schedule any stressful or any meetings with anybody. I won't see anybody partially. I don't phone people. I don't do anything between 6 o'clock Friday night and through till Sunday morning. Just to, so that's my Sabbath. And on that Saturday, that's when football's a real priority. Go for a longer walk, um, that kind of stuff. It's interesting you use the word restorative. It's a great word. It's a great concept. Mm -hmm. How do we lose sight of that and it turn into, you know, 20, 30 years ago, Sabbath being restrictive? You know, even now, people will say to me, I saw you shopping on the Sabbath. You, you, you shouldn't be doing that. It, it seems to have been so legalistic and that seems to be so freeing and life-giving. What went so wrong and why does that still seep into our psyche of, oh, I should, I'm enjoying this, I shouldn't be doing it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's just like, oh, this is a really good thing. Should I be doing it on the Sabbath? Yeah, I'd, I don't really know because I wasn't ever part of that culture. It wasn't the way I was brought up or anything. I, I, I think they... They believed that 
go, the main expression was to go to church and to worship God. And therefore, they, they were opposed to anything that would stop you going to church. Mm-hmm. And, and I can understand that. I don't understand the knitting or the, or, you know, but I can understand why they said you mustn't play sport because that would stop you going to church. I could see how they got into that. Um, and that's still a big dilemma when you're a parent and you, your son wants to play football on a Sunday morning. That's a real question, and it's not clear-cut either way. Um, and, um, yeah, we made the decision that one of our sons always wanted to play football, and we didn't let, um, we didn't let him play during church. Um, but we let him start playing at, at uh, half past 12 um, on a Sunday because that felt a, a right compromise for us. I don't know that that was a particularly easy passage in our lives as parents and, and, and child um, and other parents taking different courses on that. Um, so I guess it's some, something to do with that. But I fear that was also an element of God is against us having fun and I don't really understand how Christians got into that. No, because I don't think it's at all helpful. So we're in a pandemic, but we're also still, I think, in a fast-paced world Mm. where it's easy to lose sight of God. Mm. It's easy to lose sight of our faith and what is helping us to be restored mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. I mean, you've talked a little bit bit about this, but give us some more tips and some ideas on how we can be refreshed, particularly in the spiritual area, because we focus so much on going to church or watching the live streams. That seems to be in people's minds, whether you've got a, a, a faith or not. It's about going to church. Now, it's good the Bible tells us, let us not meet up, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage each other. Uh, and there's something really important about that, particularly now whilst we're all so separated and we can't physically be here. Mm. But what other ways can we be restored spiritually? Just some tips for people and, tip, and tips for people in different life situations. So what would be a tip for me in my situation with no family and two dogs would be different to how you begin yes. to juggle it with a family? Yeah. You know, you've, you've touched on it with your son playing football. Talk about some of those dynamics. How can you do it as a family? Give us some tips. Well, I think that, that, that finding some space in the week to be still is really important. Maybe it's, it's five or ten minutes a day, but I, I think it's good to try and find somewhere where there's a bit of a longer period of being still and, and just allowing ourselves to sense and feel God through reading scripture, through praying, through thinking, through writing, through listening to Christian music or worship music or whatever it is. I think that's a really good thing to try and build in. Um, now, that may be part of our Sabbath, part of our 24 hours, or it may be that our 24 hours is about doing stuff with friends and family, so we put that in somewhere else. I don't think I want... I think the principle is more important than the, the legalism of it. Um, 
I think that we're aiming for our live streams to be restorative, but we need something that's just us and God mm -hmm. and stillness. Mm -hmm. I would definitely recommend uh, turning off the phone for some time, not looking at the news, not looking at social media, uh, whether that's for an hour or two or a daytime, if you can manage that. I certainly would recommend just stopping the constant barrage of new stuff and just, I'm just gonna sit with what's going on. For me, walking is really helpful with that, but for other people, it, it might not be that. It might be staying in bed a bit longer, sitting in bed and, and reading and thinking. It might be uh, being out in the garden and doing something, but I would, I would try and find, it's not 24 hours of that, but just have that, um, Element. I think the other thing that does I personally find helpful is also a rhythm through the year of some things that I do once a month, some things that I do once every six or seven weeks, and that there's uh, maybe a time when you're having a much longer time with God, and that's regularly part of the of the season that you do, and I think that's helpful, whether you call that retreating or, or having a day of reflection or a day of prayer. But I think that's really restorative as well. That requires a little bit of planning, particularly if you've got family work commitments and things. And maybe it is a something that you do at the start of the year. You, you look at the year ahead and you think, okay, maybe once a term, once every half a year, I want to put into my diary yeah. one or two days might yeah. be longer if you can do that it may not be yeah. possible if you've got a family and everything yeah. else that you're trying to juggle but it's about being prepared it's about looking ahead and thinking what will I need in this year ahead how mm. can I mm. put that into my diary and try and ring fence that and other times uh, so that I make sure that happens because I need it and you make it a priority and you don't make it as that all oh, that's a uh, I hope I can do that but you recognize the the need and the importance of it and I think we place so many other things in a, in a greater priority that we don't recognise the importance mm. and the life-giving uh, attributes of taking time out, of retreating, of resting, of being refreshed, because that then shapes the rest of our day, mm. our week and our year. I think I did a John's study a few months ago about being still, and I think one of the things we talked, I talked about there is if one is in a very hectic, busy family life, if you've got young children, it's really difficult, but you need, we need to find a way of giving each other permission mm. and helping each other plan that and mm. saying, you go away that yeah. night or that yeah. day and I'll have the kids for that time and we'll swap it over. And I think that's important to facilitate each other in a, in a family situation to have that space and that time. I, I really think stillness is really important. It's incredibly difficult when you've got uh, three kids under five. Um, so that's where grandparents, if you've got them, and friends if you've got them, or just helping each other if you can. And maybe we are mindful of those single parent families and we say, look, can I have the kids for, the, for a day for you? Can I have them for a weekend for you? Where it's appropriate, where there's relationship and we try and give people who are struggling to carve out space. We try and give them that um, 
a few times a year or, or whatever rhythm is possible. Um, it's not always easy. We need sometimes other people's help to, to be able to be still and rest. And that's not always easy at the moment, is it? No. Well, you know, we can't be in a million bubbles. Uh, and particularly, I suppose, with families with children at home being homeschooled as well, mm. the need is even greater, yeah. I think, to be able to get out and to yeah. breathe. Yeah. And how you juggle that and how you manage it. I yeah. want to encourage people to look at their week and to do what you say, to say, right, can you just for this hour, this afternoon, you have the kids, uh, and then just go off and sit somewhere, take a flask, someone said, please don't fine you for it, and, and just breathe. And, and the game changer for me is knowing what I could do for a couple of hours that really will restore me and not wasting those couple of mm. hours by either trying to do something that somebody else does and I think yep. will restore me or simply just wasting it mm. by flicking through the phone, mm. uh, uh, just doing that little job that I was going mm. to do and suddenly the two hours are gone. You're back into the, the maelstrom of life and you thought, what did I do with those two hours? Mm. So it's about being intentional of saying, mm. if I do this for two hours, I will feel better. Mm. So I need to do that for two hours. Mm. And sometimes, for me, it's, I'm going to have a rest. Mm. I'm going to sleep for an hour. Mm. And I will feel better mm. having had a sleep. And that's okay. Mm. I think the flip side of having children and just all that intensity and people around and having no space is maybe those that are on their own, mm. having too much space mm. and don't want to be still and don't want to be quiet. Yeah. And particularly yeah. in this pandemic time, it's trying to encourage ways for them to find different ways to be restored and to be filled. And I suppose as Christians, it's our, I suppose our responsibility to be praying for those that we know, to be supporting families, those that are on their own, just to be aware of the different dynamics of folks around us, checking in when we can, praying when we can, because it's at the moment, this is not an easy thing that we're talking mm -hmm. about. Some parents may look at people on their own and think, I wish I had all that time, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. and, and neither way is the best way. Yeah. It's about making the best of that situation yeah. and what works yeah. for you. Yeah. But what works for somebody won't work for everybody else. And I think that's so important that you can read a book and it will say, do this, this, this and this. But that may not work for me. Mm. I don't want to do Meccano. Mm. I don't want to go and watch people play football in Sutton Park. It's cold, it's whatever. But that gives you life. I don't mm. like your music. We know that. I've made a real thing of that and I will continue to. I can think of nothing worse of listening to one of your playlists. But you love that. Mm. And that's fantastic. And it's about saying, who am I? What works for me? Mm. What if I have a Sabbath and there's no real spiritual input in that day? Does it, is it still a Sabbath? Is that okay? So I wouldn't want to be legalistic yeah. about the day. Yeah. I think in the season of the week, yeah. we, ne we need some quality time with God. I think we need to ideally have some time with God every day. Yep. That's... Well, ideally, we're conscious of God all through the day. That's where we aspire to. Sure. That we set aside some point every day. And it, it's, for most people, it's helpful to make that fairly consistent. Mm -hmm. um, this is a time when I have with God. And in the week, there's some time when it's longer. But it mm -hmm. doesn't need to be in this 24-hour period that we call Sabbath. Mm -hmm. So some people get it into their head. Uh, and, and 
you're kind of alluding to this, that my Sabbath has to be one day off strictly every week. You're talking more about lifestyle, about patterns and about rhythms. What's the difference between the two? Uh, I think the, with all of the sort of instructions in the Bible, we need to understand the principle. What is God intending to, to achieve here? And I think, as I said, this is about having time to switch off and be refreshed and rebuilt and having time for God. So we need to try and do those two things in the week. Uh, I don't think it is helpful to have seven days that are all the same. Mm. I just think it drives most human beings mad. Mm. So even if we're retired and we're struggling what to do with each day, try and have Saturday's different to Sunday, Sunday's different to Tuesday. I just think we're created with that mm -hmm. sense that we need that. Um, but if you, I think what we're aiming for is that there is a 24-hour period that is as much stress-free as is possible in that given week. Obviously, some things may be going on in our lives that are not, that are stressful and that we can't just turn off and ignore. But if we can aim for that, um, where the demands upon us are not onerous, let's put it that way, that's, that's what we're aiming for. And if we can't do that for a period of time, that's okay. And we can, not for a long period of time, because you say we can't sustain that, but we can look at maybe building in more time at the end of that period of not being able to do as much as we'd like that can refresh us. Yeah, so, I mean, this is where, you know, we've talked a lot about this in, in my context of the staff team and how I've lived my life. Um, since the pandemic, I have, because what we're wanting to do on a Sunday is quite time consuming. It takes quite a lot of fiddling with graphics and pictures and putting things together and, and all of that. Uh, and plus all the other things that I do, I have worked long hours. Um, that for some people watching this, who may be working self-employed perhaps, or you're working senior management, or you're working in, in, in the hospital, they, they might feel normal or even slightly less hours. But, but for me, longish hours. So I'm talking 60, 65 hours a week. There's been a collective gasp of the congregation as you've said that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I keep... I keep a record of that. Mm -hmm. And that's prior to the pandemic, the way I would work is to work flat out as much as I could for six days a week yeah. for six weeks. Mm -hmm. And then I would take a seventh week off. So if some people watching my lifestyle would think, he takes a lot of holidays. <laughs> he goes walking a lot of times. <laughs> because the rhythm for me mm. that worked... Uh, was to accumulate flexi time mm. and if, if you like to have a week of Sabbaths. Mm. I'm not sure that's ideal, mm. but I've learned 
that it's better than pretending that it's okay just to work flat out. Yeah. Um, so the, my current pattern is that I'm, I only do the stressful parts of church leadership five days a week. Uh, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I'm available to talk to people, to deal with issues, and to um, do the things that can be very draining. Those are the days that you see me. <laughs> it's rude, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Purely coincidental. <laughs> Tuesday, I give over to uh, preparing the Bible for John's studies at the moment and just doing the, the Bible teaching preparation stuff, some of mm -hmm. the stuff for Sunday. Mm -hmm. I, I find that life-giving. I mm -hmm. find that enjoyable. It is my job, and so I record it. But it's a pleasure, and it brings me closer to God, and it's time with him. So mm. that's one thing. Saturday, I aim every week to finish at 6 o'clock on Friday. Mm -hmm. You will know that probably 90% since March, I've had to do some bits and bobs, more work on it Saturday morning. Uh, and... Most of the time, I get to Saturday lunchtime and I'm done. I will go for a long walk. I'll watch some football and watch something. Uh, sometimes we, one of the lads we do something pleasurable Saturday night. We watch match of the day and then I sit down and look at it again before church on Sunday. That's a long week, which is why... Next week, I'm, we're doing a pre-record now yes. because as I'm watching, you're watching this, yes. I am taking time back. I'm yep. not available to the church, but it's not technically holiday. I'm having a week of Sabbath and I will not look at emails. I will be uh, resting. So that pattern has become a necessity in mm -hmm. this crisis. Let's put it mm -hmm. that way. And I think that it's important for people who are working flat out to just not let it last forever, mm -hmm. to find a way to eke out. If you are self-employed, if you are working in a very stressful job, uh, try and take longer holidays when you, when you can and try and not just... You can't do it flat out for years. It's just not manageable. So it's not about being legalistic. We need to get rid of that. It's about being creative and proactive and planned and kind of disciplined at times mm. in saying, this is good for me. I'm going to put it in my diary or I'm going to plan ahead or whatever it takes, whatever is my temperament, whatever fits with my circumstances in life right now. We're going to take where I'm at and I'm going to start to look at it and start to do mm. what fits with me. Mm. There's no point leaving it and saying, I'll do it after the pandemic. Mm. It's about sitting down now and saying, okay, is what I'm doing working? If it is great, carry on. If it isn't, begin to ask the questions. What gives me life? What's going to refresh me? What's taking life from me? What can I put into uh, the rhythm of my week and uh, a day off or some time off 
It's about thinking it through and not just thinking I've got to sit and have a quiet time. I've got to be in silence and reading my Bible mm. for the whole time. That's not what we're talking about. Mm. Hopefully there'll be an element of connecting with God and engaging with his word and being still with him. Yeah. But that doesn't mean to say that you can't watch Netflix or you can't do X, Y and Z. It's whatever works for you. So don't copy you, most definitely no. don't copy you. Yeah. I think, I mean, we know that Deb has done a lot of work on this and it's really brilliant stuff yeah. that she's produced. And if you go on our website, all, she's done a number of devotionals around yeah. Sabbath. There's a lot of really good... The, the church worldwide is rediscovering this commandment. There's mm -hmm. a lot of good stuff out there, a lot of good books. Um, uh, the book I've just forgotten the, the name. Ruthless Elimination. The Ruthless Elimination of, of Hurry is a really, really good book. A, uh, I've listened to it on podcasts because you can do it that way as well. It's a really good thing. And one of that, what one of the things that he really talks about there is that just getting rid of the pressure of a hurry, having a day that's relaxed. And I think that's really important. Yeah, and and the, the elements that, that Deb's really brought out as well is, is about giving creation a rest and not mm. consuming and, and doing walking instead of driving mm. for a day, you know, just giving everything a mm. bit of a time to breathe. Um, so, and the whole element of celebration and celebrating life and celebrating people is really good. We talked about Christmas, that rhythm of having times mm. of feasting and enjoyment. Mm. And, and that's the thing I think is, is a rhythm of a daily rhythm, a weekly rhythm, a six or seventh weekly rhythm mm. and a, annual rhythm and all mm. of that is there's lots of good stuff out there but really mm. point people in in deb's direction of the stuff she's produced on that she's one of the people that switches her phone off for 24 hours so mm. you can't get hold of her yeah she's great she won't go on social media any of those things just wants a clear head yeah be yeah. with the family be yeah. with god yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, do check it out. It's fantastic. And one of the reasons I watch football is that if I'm watching a football match, if I'm there, I don't think about anything else. Yeah. I'm completely... Un You're in that moment, I'm in you? that moment, yeah. and that's really restorative to me. And it's like walking for you on a cliff edge. Yeah. You're yeah. just there in the moment yeah. with nature and yeah. your dog. Yeah. You can't... The phone's not... There's no signal. Yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> Excellent. Anything final to say? Uh, no, <laughs> just, just work out what restores you. Yeah, and don't do the same thing every day. Yeah, week in, week out. Yeah, and if you haven't been taking a Sabbath, God's not going to strike you down. God wants your best. You're probably going to be exhausted. Yes. So God wants to help restore you. God mm. loves you. God wants you to live your best life and to mm. be refreshed. That's mm. what this command is about. It's mm. releasing. It's a loving command. I mean, where else? God says you must rest. It's great. Fantastic, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining with us. And uh, we'll hopefully see you again soon. Take care. Goodbye. Bye.